My name is Bradley Guys. And my name is Adam Pringer. And welcome to the Hot Swap. Episode 13 of the Hot Swap. And uh, it's been kind of a crazy week for me, Adam. I didn't really have a ton of time to play games, so I did get a couple in. But the main reason I didn't have any time to play games, and the main reason I wasn't able to buy Mighty Number no. 9 when he came out, is because I found this little guy. Let me see if I can get her on camera here. She's very sleepy. Her name's Jonesy. I found her in the middle of the road while I was on doing my route. And I don't know if you can see how her eyes look pretty good. They're clear, and her nose actually looks okay. Come on, sweetie, mug for the camera here. When I found <laughs> her, her nose was scabbed over to the point where she couldn't breathe, and I thought she only had one eye because her one eye was so scabbed up and closed off that, uh, you know, I, I thought she only had one eye. I assumed she got in a fight or something. But it turns out she actually has an upper respiratory infection. So I took her to the vet. And they said she has like a 50-50 chance to live. And I was like, well, I figured if she is going to die, I'll at least let her live with me for a little while and she'll be comfortable. And if not, she'll be okay and she can live with me, you know, and have a nice long life, hopefully. And after a day of giving her the antibiotic, she was, uh, she was good. And she's been clearing up more and more every day. Her eyes are almost completely clear now. Um, her nose is looking great. And um, she still gets a little snorky when she's running around... <laughs> upstairs she exerts herself but um yeah i think it's going away um she's a she's halfway through her antibiotics and she seems to be doing better and she's uh eating like crazy now which she, that was the other thing she wouldn't eat she wouldn't even meow or she could barely even move when i found her wow and i don't see there's a lot of feral cats because i have kind of a kind of a run like on the outskirts in the woods and stuff but i don't think she is i think she might have been either uh, my mom said maybe born in a barn and then ran off, or I actually think somebody abandoned her because she got sick and they couldn't take care of her. Because she came right up to me. She wasn't, you know, she wasn't afraid of a human being when I found her. Yeah. She actually, she actually hid underneath my car, and I, I had to coax her out, and then I just took her on the run with me for the rest of the night. So that's why I got no money because I had to drop over a hundred dollars <laughs> on little Missy here. Mm -hmm. But I just wanted to show her off on the show, so I have an excuse for only playing two games this week. <laughs> I guess I'll go ahead. I'll let her chill here on my shoulder and I'll talk about I played more uh Kick and Fennec and it's it you know it's the same but it's getting a lot more challenging. There there's a lot trickier shots to to get yourself around. I've got I just put a new video up people people could see it's it's getting pretty crazy. They're hiding stuff a lot better. And um it's just it's a great game. I recommend everybody pick it up. And the other thing I actually got into is I finally got Splatoon back again. I re-rented it. And I tried a couple of the new levels and the new weapons, and I just—I mm -hmm. don't know if you've tried any of the newer stuff. A little bit of it. Um, I I wanted to discuss the new um, the new splosher. It kind of looks like a washing machine, but it's kind of like the bucket weapon. But instead of uh, shooting out a big uh, like sploop of paint or ink, I'm sorry, it shoots out like a spiral, like chunk of paint that goes a little bit farther, and it's as it spins, it like sh uh, spits paint or ink out the mm -hmm. sides. And I thought that was that's pretty cool, and I'm interested to try. Of course, when I finally played, I went right back to the roller, but I am going to try out that <laughs> that crazy weapon. And I tried a couple of the new levels. Um, I can't remember the name of them, but one of them was like a fort. Yeah, that's a, that's a cool level. Yeah, it's really cool, except for I was getting my ass kicked because everybody knew all the good places to hide, and I just spent the whole time trying to get up to all these places. I got to like go in there with you 
and mm-hmm. nobody attacking us so I can practice and figure out where all the little hidey holes are. The snipers were whipping me. That's a really good sniper level for sure That from what I've uh, played and seen of it. Yeah, it's it was really fun. And I played one uh, ranked match, which I've only played a little bit of that, and I played on another new level. I can't remember the name of it, but the but the main box that you have to keep painted was in the middle, and it was kind of a... It kind of looked like uh, the one of the the original levels that they ended up changing. I can't I can't remember the name of any of the levels. It might have been like the not the oil rig, but anyway, um, that was really fun. And I guess I got on a really good team because we smoked them. It probably only took like a minute to finish mm-hmm. them up. We held it for so long. I mean, it it closed fast. So I thought that was pretty cool. And I'm interested to play more ranked. If there's any uh, listeners out there. There isn't a place platoon with us. I know you and I are talking about getting some games in soon. Yes. So yeah, that's... I, I'm excited to play that some more. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to play with you on your team. We can Skype and we can, you know, we can strategize, oh, yeah. and we can oh, probably get a uh, Mad Wordplay to play with us as well. He owns it, so that would be three. oh sweet. That's almost a full team. Yeah, we just got to find a fourth. So if any of the listeners have and want to jump in with us, you know, hit us hey, up, hey. hit us up on Twitter. Yeah, please do. And uh, that's it, man. That's all I've been getting into this week. Okay. Well, I I did not have any crazy cat adventures. Um, <laughs> but for some reason, I also really didn't play much. Um, but I did get Mighty Number no. 9. And uh, so I had purchased it when it was a Kickstarter. So I already have a bunch of DLC for it as well. And I only played through the first level and beat the first boss. Um and I, I don't know. My my opinion's kind of different than most people's is is going to be because I have only ever played Mega Man Nine. Yeah, and um, and so I'm not, I I know that there's like a weird of like a weird balance of critique on the game from it not being enough like Mega Man or it being too much like Mega Man, hmm. uh, and. Uh, it seems weird because people are like almost equally complaining about that um, in the same argument. Um, I um, I played the what is it, Azure Striker game. Yeah, yeah, I played bas- that as well. It's basically like that. Oh, cool! Um, cool. I like that game. I think it's really yeah. fun. Um, I think that that one does the overall gameplay experience a little bit better. It's a little more finely tuned. And I think that the um, pixel artwork works a little bit better than the the pretty low polygon 3D character models for Mighty Number no. 9. Okay. Um, and the voice acting is kind of terrible, but I think it's sort of supposed to be terrible. Um, I, I think it's... Play- you know how Mega Man had like weird breaks in the text uh, for like the little plot summary in the beginning of the game and it was just kind of corny in the way it was set up. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. I think they're kind of playing on some of that for Mighty Number no. 9 and I think it's kind of going over people's heads or they just they don't find it charming at all. Hmm. And I think that's what they're trying to do and maybe they didn't do it very well. Um, but um, I... I can see where the game would be pretty good. Um, it's got this interesting system where uh, rather than shooting an enemy uh, to death or until it explodes, um, you're wanting to get it close to death and then charge through it to absorb its energy. And you're given points based on how much damage you give to it before you absorb it. So the more damage it has before death the higher absorption rate, but then you also have to deal with maybe accidentally killing it, depending on the enemy. And then you lose your combo, I'm assuming, if you actually yeah. kill it. Okay. So that's mm-hmm. where the challenge comes in. Let me grab this kitty cat here. <laughs> and uh, so the the first boss kind of confused me because um, it takes into account uh, like a regenerating health bar. And if you don't take it down to a certain point to where it starts to glow a color and then charge into it to absorb some of his energy, it will recharge that energy. And I didn't quite get that it was doing that because I figured I just had to, you know, get it all the way down and then charge into it. But you can kind of like chip away at the health of the boss, unlike the regular enemies in the game. That's interesting. It's kind of like the twin sisters in that Azure Striker game that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. If you try to, if you kill one, the other one just brings the, you know, they bring each other back to life. You have to bring them down to a certain point and then kill them at the same time with your, 
you know, you hold R and you do your electrical burst. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's great. Um, it's funny. He it seems like that maybe it's kind of a theme. He's trying to shake up his boss battles now because you know Mega Man's kind of the same thing. And mm-hmm. every Mega yeah. Man, you shoot him until they die. There's there's nothing there's nothing different about it. So I I like that. Um, I like that he's shaking it up with stuff like that. I think that's cool. Yeah, and I was con- I was a little concerned that um, it was going to be more linear than like a traditional Mega Man. But once you beat the first boss, it it throws you into a, a place like a menu based thing where you can select where in the U.S. you want to go to fight the next um, boss robot guy. Oh, that's pretty cool. I like that too, man. Everything you're saying sounds good to me. I, I think you know it, it's a twenty dollar game, so it's it doesn't have the a full budget of. Uh, you know, of, of Capcom. Yeah, and, and it's kickstarted on top of that too. It's so. it, it's kickstarted, and so a lot of times those are kind of difficult to manage money. And like, there's been a lot of cases where people struggled to f- finish things in Kickstarter, um, even with the best of intentions. And uh, and then at the same time, it's also you know, even though it's got a lot of people with some pretty good pedigree, it's a, it's a small studio. So I wasn't really going into it expecting it to be the next greatest side-scrolling platformer shooter game i was expecting it to be a small project to help get that company rolling and um i don't know that i guess they've had some other issues beyond just the game itself uh, with marketing i guess i nothing that i really care about maybe because um, it was pushed back so much that might be hurting that was another that was another thing as well that all the delays and and then when when a game gets delayed several times you expect it to be the quality of let's say breath of the wild yeah <laughs> um and this isn't that so um you know some of the the rougher edges on the game uh people are are thinking to themselves well, why was it delayed if it's still kind of rough like this? But I think that there's still there's already a patch for it on the Wii U. Um, I assume they'll probably keep working on it and kind of make it a better game uh, with some other patches and tweaks. Hmm. Um, but I only played one level of it, and I didn't hate it, certainly. Um, so I'm going to keep playing it and uh, see what I end up thinking about it more later on. Cool. Well, nothing you said that is deterring me. I'm I'm getting paid tonight, so I'll be scooping it up definitely. <laughs> awesome. Uh, and then uh, the other thing is, I finally got another medal in Mario Maker. Awesome. So I'm able to upload ten more levels, and I'm kind of trying to to decide what levels I'm going to be uploading. Yep. So expect right uh, expect another Adam video here soon. I'll be running through those levels definitely on the channel. Yeah, I've already uploaded uh, some new ones. I deleted. Um, anything that wasn't related to the micro levels at this point, just okay. to, just because I was trying to get some more stars, and uh, so I might be putting up some older stuff again because I have the room for it now. But I might just uh, stick with only new stuff for right now until I can get some more space. Yeah, I don't blame you. Um, you got to keep it moving if you want to. I've got you know my levels have grown stagnant because I'm barely getting anything anymore. I, I get like one or two likes basically a week now where I was getting yeah. probably like 10 to 20 usually. And, and that, that's pretty much it for me. I, there's all this stuff on my plate and, uh, it sucks as I haven't been getting to it. Well, we got all summer, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Cool. All right. Well, let's say goodbye to Jonesy. I'm going to put her to bed and we'll then we'll move on to the second segment and let's go ahead and start off with your song. Adam, you chose fever from Dr. Mario, and we'll be right back.
back, everybody. And this week, we are going to talk about spinoff games. It's uh, an idea Adam and I have been kicking around. We, you know, we like to brainstorm, and this is one of the first ones I mentioned. So I'm happy we're getting to it. And I guess I'll go ahead and open it up. And I I really like uh, pinball games, so I picked a couple spinoff pinball games. I'm just going to mash them together. I, I picked Sonic Spinball. And I picked Metroid Pinball. And they're both kind of the same deal. It's both of them in their ball forms. And you're slapping them around pinball style. But what I like about both of these games is they both have elements from the actual game. Where, So, for instance, Sonic Spinball, you still can kind of control him like he's Sonic. But once mm-hmm. he hits a paddle, he gets turned into a ball and you flip him around. And plus it's got weird things like he, he fall, in the first level he falls into a barrel. And he paddles through acid with it like a boat, which is kind of weird. And then he pops out, and he's a you know he's a spin ball again. And uh, Metroid also has elements from the game where she'll actually pop out of her ball form, and you get to shoot her arm cannon or lock on with missiles and things like that. And you're powering her up like the real game. And um, both of these games are really hard for me. I've never beaten either of them, and I've. Spinball, I get frustrated pretty quickly on, but Metroid Pinball, I can get to the last level and I can't beat it. And I've tried, <laughs> I tried since we, you know, when it came out up until probably a couple years ago, I even tried again. I just, I have a lot of trouble with that. So I love pinball games, but I suck at them is basically what I'm saying. <laughs> so uh, while we uh, do one of yours, Adam, what do you got? Um, so um, in looking at games, the game ideas, um, I first came across uh, Wario uh, Blast, which is basically it's it's actually the full name is Wario Blast featuring Bomberman exclamation point, hmm. and it's basically a Bomberman game with Wario as the playable character, and uh, it's kind of a terrible game, and so I didn't really want to talk about it, but I thought it was interesting to bring up. What I really want to talk about is Bomberman Pocket, which is a I would consider it a Bomberman spinoff. For the Game Boy Pocket, it is actually one of the black cartridge games where it was a black and white game, but if you had a Game Boy Color, right. it had color, a Which color palette. Awesome. Those things are so cool. Yeah. And uh, this one was a side scrolling platformer that basically retained the same uh, like T shaped blast pattern of the bombs. And it, it kind of is similar to like a Mario versus Donkey Kong type of game. Okay. You just have to clear the screen of enemies and then you can go through a door. And there's a little bit of puzzle element to to some of the levels. Um, and I'm guessing like, you like blow up stuff so things will fall down and stuff like that. Yeah, and there's like there's like um there's these doors that if you bomb the top of them they'll open up. Oh, cool. And uh, it has other weird things like little like tornado things that will blow you up um so you can like get to a higher area so like each different world type has a different um like little gimmick to it um but you can also blow up little boxes and stuff to find power-ups for your bombs as well and uh it's really the first bomberman game i ever played um so i didn't even realize it was that much different than bomberman normally was until later with like the N64 and stuff. Yeah, that makes if you've never played one before, you would think that's what it's supposed to be. We used to play um we used to play on the PlayStation with the multi tap so we could have four people going. Mm-hmm. And uh that was my first introduction to Bomberman and then we played we played the DS one a ton because it had download play and we actually oh, cool. I think I mentioned on the show before, not this one but the previous version that we had I think ten people playing at once at one point. Maybe it was only eight. It was somewhere around there, but it was a lot there was a wow, lot that's... of DSs in my apartment that day. It was really cool. <laughs> um and in this game there's no multiplayer. It's all the single player story. And there's like the regular story mode and then there's also a weird mode where you're con- it's called like jump mode. Or something, and you're constantly jumping, hmm. and it it's almost kind of like a pinball game, uh, but you kind of have to like go up and then fight a boss at the top of the screen. Oh, that sounds and kind of pretty. This game sounds really cool. It's 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 a really cool game, and and, and uh, I I felt it needed to be mentioned in our sweet spinoff list. Cool. Let's see here. So you mentioned Wario. I also have War. I have Wario series on my list, and 
uh, specifically, I want to mention. So Wario came to be in um, uh, Mario Mario Land Two. Was it six golden coins? Yes. So, and then he finally spins off into. I mean, Wario's got a ton of games now. But for me, I, I, I'm going to mention. I'm just going to mention the Virtual Boy Wario game because a lot of people probably have never played that, and I think that that is the first one. I, it's either that or the Game Boy one came out first, but these are all kind of within the same time, right? And they're all mm-hmm. kind of the same game. I mean, everybody's played a Wario game that isn't one of his crazy mini game fests. If it's one of his platformers, you know, he he puts on his helmet, eventually gets the bull horns, he gets a dragon helmet, he can shoot fire, but he just runs around, he jumps, and he smashes into things. And I thought that was kind of a cool spin on just the Mario games in general. Mario's never, you know, Mario will run into something and nothing happens. He stops, or if it's an enemy, he dies, but Wario could smash through stuff like a bull. And, um, there was a ton of games that came out based around these mechanics, and then added a lot more to them later on with, like, the Game Boy Advance, and then, uh, uh, you mentioned before, uh, Wario Land Shake It, which Mm -hmm. is my favorite out of all of his platformer games. I know a lot of people hate those games, but, or hate that game, but I, I really like that one. So yeah, I definitely wanted to bring up War, and then you could eat. You know, like I said, you can mention his mini game games. You can mention the Wii U Wario. What's it called? Uh, play game and, and Wario. Yeah, play and watch or game and Wario. Oh, see, Adam's all over it. I I played a ton of that game for the specific reason of the sketch mode, which is basically just Pictionary. Yeah, I got it for free during one of their it was like a club nintendo reward the promo thing, thing. Yeah, yeah so I, I liked it it was cool but I, I think it'd be a lot more fun if i had some people to play with yeah I, you would uh the multi the single player is really lacking but the multiplayer has like two good modes in it and if you have more than three people it's a lot of fun that's awesome and i just figured wario should be brought up because it's cool that a boss from a little game boy game has become what it's become you know he's got tons and tons of games. he probably has almost as many games as donkey kong and donkey kong again another boss from an old game of, you mm-hmm. know, game of games so yeah that's all i wanted to say about wario um sweet um let's go with um the mario spinoff that i decided to, to want to talk about which is captain toad's treasure trackers awesome which is uh a it's kind of a spin-off of Super Mario 3D World uh, with the little mini modes that they had in that game yep. with a character that originally starred in the Mario Galaxy series where in Mario Galaxy you'd occasionally come across these toads in the Toad Brigade and they were usually like stuck in some weird situation and you could just kind of like jump on their heads and it was a nice little um like continuous little thing that they did throughout the levels in the in those games yeah it's kind of like uh it's kind of like a ducktales how his nephews are all around hooking you up with stuff they would give you stuff sometimes two stars and one-ups and yeah um but then in uh super mario world uh it was pretty unanimous that everybody enjoyed this little mini mode where you played as toad and he couldn't jump because i guess he was wearing too much gear yep (laughs) <laughs> and uh it was it was weighing him down and uh this like little change of pace puzzle mode with like the little like um i don't know what you would call that like it's like a little tiny world and you could turn it around and look all around and had to solve a puzzle to find a star and they turned it into a whole game yep. which had boss fights and uh you could play through like a whole section and then you unlocked toadette yep and She's part two Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just every once in a while, I, I like to play a slower paced game like that. Um, and I, I love Mario games as evident of me constantly playing Super Mario Maker. And uh, I mean, what's funny is that there's even there's even a lot of levels that people make in that game where they'll make you play as uh, Captain Toad. And uh, and then they're like, don't jump and get through this level. And it's kind of funny that they. They even have incorporated that into that game. Yeah, that is. And this game is uh, budgeted. It came out at 40 which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And it, I have a I have a bunch of videos of it on the channel if people are interested just to check it out. And it's, yeah, it's really, it's really fun. It, you think, you know, you start off and you're like, man, I wish I could just jump here. But once you really give it a chance, you start spinning the camera around, you start finding all the hidden stuff. 
all around. I mean, it, it gets really cool. And, it, you know, it gets tough, too. It's hard to... They'll, they'll start throwing enemies at you, and you, all you can do is walk around or throw things at them. I mean, it gets pretty tricky. Yeah, they they incorporate some of the Mario 2 yeah. pulling up, turn up uh, mechanics into this game as well. Which is... Mario 2 is my favorite, which I know I've probably said a thousand times. So, of course... We, we like, had a whole show devoted to it Yeah, so, of course, time. I love Treasure Tracker. <laughs> it, it's really fun. I'm, I'm still... I'm still making my way through it, though. I'm, you know, I'll be putting more videos up eventually. Oh, fantastic. Cool. Let's go ahead and move on. I want to pick another Nintendo game. <laughs> we, were, um, we were talking about how Kirby has probably some of the best spinoffs and probably the most, and most of them are pretty good. But I went with uh, Kirby Mass Attack, which you don't personally enjoy, but I was really into when it came out. Yeah, so before you go into your love of Mass Attack, I just want to point out that my distaste for it comes from an obsession to wanting to 100% every level and uh, not being able to just let myself just beat a level without getting everything. And that became a frustration that made me not play it anymore. Yeah, it gets pretty hard if you're trying. I was also trying to full clear it, but you know, I, I also can set a level aside and go back later and move mm-hmm. on. Did not, you know, I, I don't want to get frustrated, like you said. I can yeah. understand where you're coming from because later, especially in the later levels, it gets pretty hard to get some of that stuff and keep all your Kirby's. And man, I got to go back and play this game. I'm ha- I'm having trouble remembering all the different levels and stuff. All I can remember remember is how much fun it is to move the little Kirby's around with the stylus, and I like the music. That was the other thing I think you didn't really enjoy. You didn't really like the remixes. Um, I, I don't remember... I don't really remember it, so that that doesn't really tell me much. Uh, usually, I usually remember Kirby music, so I must have not liked it very much. It was kind of all rocky, you know? They added more, mm-hmm. like, guitar, and they made it a little harder, I would say. A lot of, uh, a lot of bass drum and stuff added into, you know, uh, original Kirby music, so... I, don't, I thought it was pretty cool. <laughs> so I definitely wanted to... There was a million Kirby games I could have picked, but that's the one I decided to bring up. I mean, it certainly is a cool concept. I, I was I was excited for it when it was coming out. I, I made myself not like it by being obsessed with trying to do too well in it. Oh, and the commercial is still one of the best uh, Nintendo commercials. I'd put it in the top ten for sure. That that commercial was awesome when it came out. It, you probably look at it. We might put it at the end of the show. I don't know. I'll have to talk to Adam. Who, who knows? Because that, that commercial rules. Um, you have anything else to say about it? No, I think everybody should try it out. It's probably cheap now. I mean, it's a DS game. So. Oh, it's, you can get it for real cheap. Awesome. Um, I'm going to bring up um, one of two multiplayer GameCube games. Uh, the first one I wanted to bring up is Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. Um, the GameCube game is probably the most um, obvious choice for me to talk about. A lot of people I know really enjoy that game. I do. Um, but I like the whole series. I've played through and beaten every single Crystal Chronicles game. There's an ongoing joke about with myself about how I always play Final Fantasy spinoff games, but never actually play any of the main games. Yeah, me too, man. <laughs> and um, and this the the first Crystal Chronicles game was uh, it was cool because obviously it had the Game Boy Advance controller thing going on with the GameCube. Yep. So everybody had their own screen with uh, you, could, you know, one person would have a map, one person would have um, like uh, enemy information mm-hmm. and the, so like each person kind of can contribute in a unique way based on what that was on their screen and uh, and then um, you're all playing together uh, carrying, you know, going through this poisonous mist and using teamwork to combine spells and uh, explore these really nice-looking areas um, yep. and fighting cool monsters. And, and I, I thought the way that they did the story is very unique to really any other game I've ever played where you're kind of collecting memories with these, like, almost slice-of-life Final Fantasy stories where you just kind of come in contact with uh, certain characters throughout the game. And uh, and then that kind of is incorporated into the overall story and the way memories work. 
And uh, it, it was just it was weird because it, it was very slice of life Final Fantasy, which is kind of weird because normally that kind of stuff is not it's normally set in like a modern setting or at least a realistic setting. And uh, it, it was just a nice change of pace. The music was very calming, um, but it could still get very hectic mm-hmm. in trying to like coordinate in boss battles and other um, kind of battling events and stuff like that. And I know um, one of the biggest complaints about this game is always to have to carry the chalice to protect yourself from the poisonous mist. But I like mm-hmm. I like that because I think it makes you focus and work as a team even more. Mm-hmm. Beyond you know the fact that you had mo- different uh, things on your Game Boy screen, and you'd have to decide you know who should carry it during this battle depending on what gear you had, and it you know it got pre- like you said it got really hectic. And I, I don't know, I just I thought it, it thought it made uh, when you were playing it with your friends, it made you work as a team more. And I I never had any complaints about it. I thought it was cool. I never had a problem with being the guy who carried the chalice. Yeah, I would most I would carry it a lot myself. And I just want to reiterate, you were right about just like the backdrops and the background and the world in general. It's really really pretty. It's really cool. To, so you see all this gross poison, and then when you clear it out with your chalice, everything looks really cool. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a great game. <laughs> That's all. It, it might be difficult to play it in a multiplayer setting at this point, uh, getting all that material together with the cables and the Game Boys. Um, but you can play it by yourself with the regular controller. Yep. Um, it's still pretty enjoyable to do so that way as well. Or you can come to my house because I've got all that stuff. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Let's see. All right. So I'm gonna do a quick one, and then I'll do my last one. I just wanna, I just wanna mention Smash Brothers. Might be one of the ult- most ultimate spinoffs, and I don't know. We talk about Smash Brothers a million times, so I just wanna bring that up. But my last one's gonna be Gargoyles Quest, which is a spinoff of Ghosts and Ghouls or Super Ghosts and Goblins, or you know, go ahead and pick your uh, poison there. It's from the character. His name is Firebrand. He's the little red gargoyle that flies at you. He's actually in the first level of most of the games. And, you know, he's a real pain in the ass. He, he's hard <laughs> to beat. Those games are hard as hell anyway. But yes, they are. He is uh, particularly annoying. His game is a little more slow-paced. He's got a lot more skill than, uh, what's the nice name, Arthur? Yeah. Yeah, he's got more skill than Arthur. He's not just jumping and throwing crap. He can climb on walls. He can glide. He can shoot fire. He can do all kinds of cool stuff, and his games are also hard, just like just like those games. Um, I've only got experience with the Game Boy game personally, which I still haven't beaten, which I bought on a virtual console. And I've seen the Nintendo game being played on, on multiple different videos, and I will eventually play. I might actually play through it for our channel. And I, yeah, I just it's a it's a great. I like spinoff games where the enemies become the hero kind of thing. I I always think that's really cool, and I think Gargoyles Quest is probably one of the best ones that I've played. So I wanted to bring it up. Excellent. Um, so I I have two more, I guess. Cool. Um, the uh, first one I'll bring up is Fantasy Star Online. Um, I would consider this a spinoff of the main Fantasy Star series, which was like a first person. Uh, single-player fantasy sci-fi game for the, like, Sega Genesis. And um, this game kind of takes a lot of the elements and magic and stuff from those those games and incorporates it into an MMO game, which I never really played online. Um, But because the GameCube version had excellent split screen um, with up to four players, I was able to play through that game a lot with two players and and even a decent amount with a full four-player team. And uh, I was really obsessed with this game for a very long time. I I played it for years, which usually games don't get that much play out of them. You you may play them for a couple months, or if it's a really good game, you play it for a year or something. But I... I played this for since when from when it came out on the GameCube until I pretty much stopped playing the GameCube. So it was a very long time for me to play this game, and I put a lot of hours into it. And I still never beat all of the difficulty modes with all the levels. Um, I I still haven't collected all the weapons that I wanted to find, and uh, I mean I. I still have gone back and every once in a while we'll play play it a little bit. I, I just really like that game. 
yeah, I enjoyed playing the DS version with you. Um, I just wanted to describe it. It's kind of a looty, hack and slash RPG. You know, third person, run around, kill enemies, load up on gear. It's got a like a like a three hit combo system for the attacking yep. for each of the weapons, uh, which is kind of unique from some other looting games. I I feel. And it's a shame you never got to play it online. I mean, you never got the modem for the GameCube, which is really cool because it clicks in the bottom of the GameCube. Well, I do. I have two modems actually. Um, I bought one to do um, broad like LAN, LAN hookups play. for yeah. uh, Mario Kart, mm-hmm. and you can also do that in Kirby Air Ride, which is another fantastic spinoff. And uh, so I bought two of those because I could. I found a couple cheap, and one of them still sealed, which is pretty cool. That is that's awesome. And I'm guessing you never got the controller keyboard that you could use with I, it. I've used one. It's really ridiculous. It's a GameCube controller with a keyboard in the middle of the two sides of it. It's like a predecessor to the gamepad. It's <laughs> it's freaking awesome. I want one just to have. I'm. It's mm-hmm. always on my radar. I'm always looking for one that I can afford. Yeah, I think it's made by Hori, I do believe. I love it. I, I want one so bad. I don't think I'll ever even like plug it in. Use I just, yeah. just want to like, hang it up on the wall and just admire it from a distance so it never gets any damages or scratches on it. Yeah, and we definitely we had a good time playing through Fantasy Star Zero for yeah, the we DS. Played, we hit that pretty hard. We played that for at least a few months, and we had my wife and our other friend, mm-hmm. you and I, we had a four-man team going pretty much all the time. I, I had a I, that was a good time. Uh, if you can find that game, uh, that game has. I, I guess you can't really play it online anymore, but it does have lo- local play as well. Yeah, because it, it's a lot of fun. Shut down, so no more mm-hmm. no more DS on. Unless they put it on Wii U, then maybe they can open it back up. I don't know how that works. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, and then the last game that I wanted to bring up is another game we played together. Um, unfortunately, not very much, uh, which is Four Swords Adventure. Which is a spin-off. It's, I would consider it a spin-off of Zelda. It's not quite. It's using a lot of the same elements, but it's a multiplayer Zelda, so that's very different. Yep. And uh, I'm also a GameCube and Game Boy Advance collaborative effort game. And it again, another thing. It's just like the multiplayer is a lot of fun with this game. Uh, it was. There's plenty of grieving that went along with most of the times I played it. <laughs> um, starting off with, oh, I accidentally burned you with my fire rod and you were standing in some grass. Um, and then that would slowly evolve into, well, I'm going to blow you up with my bombs now. And then it was would fall into complete chaos. And then, of course, you could, uh, after at the end of each level, you could kind of rate who your favorite um cooperative player was and your least favorite cooperative player was and yep. then they kind of get points based on that so that was a it was a lot of fun to see who who ended up being the least hated in the situations um but um you know they eventually made triforce heroes and uh, did you did you play that one at all yes um i've i've probably put about five or six hours into it i played online a bunch with my wife and our previously mentioned friend yeah i I was very excited about that, but I, I didn't really play it a lot. And, and the online was pretty decent. I mean, there was no voice chat, but it, they they gave you enough tools to, I think, communicate properly with the people you're playing with. And I just played with some random people, and I had fun playing it. It is fun, but it's not the same. It's, yeah. it's more of a, a grindy... Uh, you go into a room, you beat it in a minute, you get certain things to make pieces of armor and stuff. It's not like the GameCube one that you you and I and our friend p- played and almost beat that one. We stayed up all night and almost ran through it. It was a lot of f- a fun. Oh man, it was probably one of my best moments on that trip. That was great. We had we had we've talked about this before, but we had a bunch of GameCubes and a bunch of T. We all had our own TV. In our own, we were basically using we were using Game Boy players. We were using Game Boy players instead of regular Game Boys, right? So, um, yeah, we were using full TVs rather than having it be on a Game Boy screen. So, something I doubt very many people have done ever before. It was awesome. If, if it was like now, we could have recorded it, and it would have been cool. But mm-hmm. you know, this was a while ago. We didn't even have the technology yet. But my getting back to what my problem with Trifor- Triforce Heroes is, um, it's fun. But it's not a story like 
you know, like uh, the original. I like, and it's not as expansive. That one felt like a real Zelda game that you were playing multiplayer with your friends, whereas these ones just feel like little Zelda mini game kind of things. Yeah, it, it, you're right about it being very looty and like based on like repetitively playing through the same levels. Right. Where try for where Four Swords Adventures uh, was really about uh, it was like a level based full-fledged Zelda experience. And the worlds uh, were huge. There was crazy big waterfalls and, you know, underground labyrinths and eventually you go up into the sky and, I mean, it was such a big game. And because um, you had your own screen where if you go into a cave, you literally were... It would The main screen would stay in the overworld, but you would be running around on your own completely separate in some cases from the other people playing. Uh doing things to help you get through the level and uh and so the, it felt it did feel very big of a, of an environment and it was it was kind of cool where, where it would like let you kind of go off and do separate things every once in a while but then would bring you back together to get through the the levels um i, w- I wish they would have just made it a sequel to that instead of triforce heroes yeah that's actually what i thought triforce heroes was going to be so mm-hmm. i don't want to say i'm I don't want to say I'm disappointed in Triforce Heroes. It is fun, but like you said, a a real true sequel would have been really cool for people like us. That that, that's still one of my favorite Zelda games, and it's a shame I never really get the. I played through it single player when I first got it. It's just not as fun unless you're playing with the other people. Um, but I mean, it's it's definitely playable by yourself. It is. I agree because it's got the mechanic where you can choose the formations Mm -hmm. of you. Basically, you have all your guys with you, and you just—I think it's L and R that lets you switch between them. You can have them in a line or in a in a square or a cross. That so you can hit different switches that are. Placed I think you might be able to use the C stick as well. Yeah, I believe you're right, Adam. I remember that now. And yeah, that definitely makes it playable by yourself. And um, yeah, a fantastic game, and uh, that that finishes up my list. Yeah, it's. It's probably uh, still, if we're saying favorite spinoffs, that Zelda Adventures is probably one of my all-time favorite spinoffs. So that was really fun, and I had a, probably a thousand other spinoffs I could have mentioned, but as always, we had to tighten it up for time. So let's go ahead and take a break, and speaking of Gargoyle's Quest, that's where my song was chosen this week, and it's from The Final Battle. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, now it's time for the news section. And I wanted to start off by saying happy birthday to the N64. Today's uh, June 23rd, uh, and I think it's, uh, what, 20 years ago? Yeah, 20 years ago, hmm. the N64 came out and uh, was released with Pilot Wings and Super Mario 64. Man, we're old. 20 years. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> now, uh, interesting uh, fact Today is also Sonic's birthday. Oh, awesome. Um, I think it's like 1996 or something. The first Sonic game came out. And uh, and then it made me think, like, I wonder if Nintendo sp- specifically picked that date for the N64 to come out just to, like, rub it in Sonic's Rain face or something. Sonic's parade. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, I know it's your birthday, but we're releasing a new system. Um so I wonder if there was any actual thought that went into that. Oh, it's funny. All I know is I'm definitely going to get some chili dogs tomorrow. I, if I had known it was Sonic's birthday today, I would have eaten them today, but I had tacos. Chili dogs are on the menu tomorrow in honor of Sonic. Awesome. <laughs> Sweet. You should get some <laughs> spaghetti on it, too. 
And yeah, then it can yeah, he does some wacky. He's like a ninja turtle, man. He does some wacky stuff with his chili dogs. <laughs> and uh, get some onion rings so you can <laughs> some funions. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to say happy birthday to uh, Sonic and the N sixty four. As far as news goes, uh, Yacht Club Games has announced another expansion for Shovel Knight. Oh wow, that's awesome. Um, it's uh, it's going to be free, just like all of the other DLC for the game, and it's going to have a campaign for the Specter Knight, uh, along with some other stuff. Like I think it has a four player battle mode that's going to be released for the game. And uh, I, this this I mean they they must have made bank on this game because they're giving away all this stuff for free. That's what I was going to ask you. I was like, I mean, I know it sold well, but how can they afford to keep putting out all this? These are like full uh, games. I still haven't finished the first expansion. Yeah, well, so a couple of things about it is uh, it was a Kickstarter for one. I think they made all of their money for this game that they they ever wanted to just from the Kickstarter. I also think this is one of those rare cases where the company that started this game, Yacht Club Games, I think they're a really small company. I think they're really well run and uh, it's just a well-oiled machine. Because I think that there's just not a lot of waste going on there. And so they're able to really use the money that they do make and put it to good use. Yeah, and give us all this awesome free content for a game that wasn't even that expensive to begin with. Yeah, I know. And I have a copy of it on, I think, two different systems. I think I have it on the Wii U and the 3DS. um, And that's just from supporting the Kickstarter. Man, that's that's so cool, and it's on like every system now too. I mean, yes. it comes out on a new system every like half a year. It seems like, yeah. And and something interesting related to Yacht Club Games is apparently uh, from a story that I didn't read but saw the headline. Um, they're gonna they're as a, they as a company are going to be releasing the Azure Striker game that we talked about earlier, um, the first and the second game of that series, in for retail in Australia. Oh, that's so weird. So they're 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 apparently have done so well for themselves that they've got their own amiibo. They are now releasing other people's games uh, as retail games. So they're um, I, I'm happy for them. I'm glad that they were able to make this game that they really wanted to. Um, I'm frankly excited to see what else they do now. Um, I, um, and I want to see them do something something new. Yeah, and I like, you know, Shovel Knight's definitely a throwback kind of a game, and I like games like that where they're throwing back to old NES games and Genesis and stuff. <laughs> and um, as far as the Amiibo goes, have you actually seen one in a store? Um, I, you know, I used to work at a GameStop. I believe I've seen it at that store. It's it's not a, an Amiibo that I actually own. I, I want it, and I never <laughs> see it anywhere. I, I don't think you're ever really going to see it any more in a store so you might have to find other ways of getting that at this point amazon (laughs) yeah um let's let's see here so um every year level five does this uh press conference that they run on the on their own and in in previous years they like uh was it one year or two years i think it was like two years ago now um they announced uh I really don't know, so don't quote me on this, but they announced a really interesting game that kind of used a similar function to Amiibo technology, um, and it was called Snack World, and it was going to revolve around like collecting these little toys that you could use to like spawn weapons, and uh, you'd get those toys and like the like the those ball machines and and all the Japanese shops and stuff, right. And uh, I, I really liked the concept of it and, like, the art style they were using for the game. But they haven't talked about it since that event that they announced it at. Hmm. Um, but, but they also announced um, – oh, man, what was the name of that game? They had this, like, cool-looking game that kind of looked like uh, almost Dragon Questy that they announced one year. That was, uh, like, a, like, a matching puzzle game mixed with RPG elements. And that was going to be on, like – the f- like phones and it was going to be on consoles and stuff and that kind of never went anywhere either but you know they've announced plenty of stuff at these events that do become games that they like release in the way that they originally plan on doing it mm-hmm. but this is kind of like an ambitious thing that they do every year and uh, i'm excited to see what they um what they talk about i there's like a new 
um, Azuna 11 game that they've been teasing for a little while now that they'll probably show off there. Um, this is more of a Japanese-focused event, so... Um, is it streamed? Will it be streamed online? I think they do stream it. I don't... I've never uh, seen, I didn't even know it existed. I'm excited to check out one. Yeah, I think they, they've done it for the last couple of years now, and uh, you know they're another company that is pretty small, but it's really well run, and uh, so they they are able to kind of do whatever they want to within the scope of the company, mm-hmm. um, and it's nice that they're able to kind of do that. The only downside is sometimes we don't get the games that they come out with, even though I really want to play them. Yeah, well, they you know further down the line, you never know. I feel like most games are never really dead. They're always they keep them and they can mm-hmm. only do something with them later. Well, what's nice about that company is they've, they've it, since uh, Time Travelers came out, they have opened a North American studio. So they, they have the ability to release stuff that they want on their own terms in the U.S. now. So that's, that's really nice for them. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, so this event's going to be happening on July 27th. So I'll um, you know, keep your ears open because something really cool will probably get announced. Cool. Um, let's see here. So in uh, Japan, uh, Nintendo uh, has, has a new video f- uh, for Metroid Prime Federation Force where they show off Amiibo functionality. Um, so a bunch of different Amiibo are going to change the skin of the like robot mech character that you control. Mm-hmm. Uh, similar to um, Yoshi's Woolly World kind of. Oh, okay. Way- so you still look the same. It's like a paint job almost. Yes. Um, but it's, you know, another way to use Amiibo, and it's nice that they're always thinking about that still. Yeah, I like um, I like the uh, the costume aspect with Amiibos. I like how on Mario Kart you can change your costume in there if you're using your Mii, and if, yeah. you know, you look like the different characters and stuff, and everyone is not... It Actually, Mario Kart gets pretty crazy because it's not just like a little paint job, but you actually look like you're wearing the gear, and I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, and it's um, you know, if if they added anything better than costumes and stuff, people would complain that it's paid DLC that you know changes the game. And yep. so, you know, this is just something that they can do to you know help increase the the value of amiibo that are out there without disappointing anybody who isn't into the whole amiibo fad like I am. And me too. <laughs> yeah, and you of course. Um, but along with this Amiibo video in Japan, they released like a over 10 minute long video kind of with, um, it was showing gameplay footage, but they had voiceovers, um, of different characters that were like kind of talking about how the games played and, uh, showing you what the world was like and different things that you could do within the game. And, uh, uh, what I find weird about this is there's this, that, you know, very, um, a fairly well published uh, video that they made um, in Japan, but it's coming out in the U.S. first, and yet we got a couple of tweets from the Nintendo Twitter account at the same time, and so I I don't know if they've just kind of given up on this game in North America um, because of the reception last E3. Um, but you know, this game's coming out not that far away and it would be nice if they kind of took that same video footage that they have for this video in Japan and kind of did it with, uh, some American voiceover stuff. And yeah. I, I think, you know, I think this is a game that, uh, ha- has a lot of character. I don't necessarily agree with the, uh, chibi art style for this game, but, the game looks good, and I think um, I think what they were trying to do with it was expand the audience of Metroid with it. And uh, if they don't show off video and and talk about it before it comes out, you know they can't really expand the audience very it well. Sounds like they might be sending it out here just to die. Yeah, and I mean, I, I there's there's a lot of it that I've seen that looks like a lot of fun. Um, and the the videos that they have in, for the Japan release that they released this past week, um, they also have a couple of like smaller ones that like will showcase just like a specific thing. And uh, it looks like there's a lot of um, like puzzle elements that they have to do with like moving little orbs around into like holes to like open doors and stuff. So they're um, it kind of gives even more 
um, reason to the whole blast ball thing and shooting around a ball there is kind of like a practice for some of the shooting like these like they're almost like function is like a key in the in the actual game itself. Yeah, so it seems like they kept some yeah, you know, it's kind of a prime staple, right? Puzzle elements. Mm-hmm. Where you're moving things around and shooting certain things. I mean so is there gonna be kind of a story mode to this game as well where you can co op with everybody? Yeah, so um the from what I've learned about the game is that there is a story uh that is involving um, the Federation force uh, and kind of what they what they're doing while Samus is off in their mission off on her own mission. So okay. this is like normal stuff that the military does in the Metroid universe. Um, so they go to there's three planets in this game and they basically go to like um, uh, like capture wild like out of control. Um, natural wildlife hmm. and uh, kind of explore these worlds but at the, but at, during this time period in the, in the game at least then the the space pirates start to show up and so the plot begins to kind of be around well why are these people here um, I'm assuming that you'll discover some secret Metroid growing facility like most Metroid games yeah. <laughs> and um <laughs> there may be like another mother brain clone or something going on in this game at some point. Um, but there's definitely a plot. Um, there's definitely going to be um, some Samus stuff going on in the game. Oh, cool. Uh, from some of the cutscenes I've seen or they, they kind of do uh, almost a, a Metal Gear Solid kind of cutscenes or like Star Fox kind of things where they have like a, some dialogue between um between missions for like briefings on like what you're doing and stuff like that. Um, but there's like different type of missions where you're going out and uh, capturing monsters into gates and stuff. And so it almost works like monster hunter. Um, and there's other times where you're going to um, like turn on generators for a base that's been abandoned. So you can kind of like set up a shop there, not like set up a shop, like an actual shop, but like basically for the military to like turn on these abandoned facilities and stuff. And uh, there's other missions where you're fighting bosses. Um, there's kind of like uh, shooting waves of enemy type of missions. So that there's a pretty decent variety in, in these missions as well. And they seem to be not overly long either because it's on a handheld. They're kind of like trying to get you through, uh, you know, these like smaller bite-sized Metroid experiences. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, I, I didn't even, I thought it was just going to be kind of a, a multiplayer, you know, battle game. I didn't realize there was going to be any kind of a co-op element to it. I mean, co-op Metroid Prime sounds awesome to me. I don't know why everybody's so down on it. Yeah, it, I mean, I would, uh, if if I want to make it sound as good as possible, it's a first-person uh, Four Swords Adventures game set in a Metroid universe. Yeah, and, and uh, to go to a different game that's not Nintendo, it kind of sounds like a first-person Helldivers game where you're dropping into little quick missions and then dropping back out again. Um, yeah, it sounds... It sound, the more you talk about it, Adam, the more excited I get for it. I don't know... I, I hope people turn around on it. But if not, you know, you and I can play it, man. Who cares? <laughs> and, and and we'll we'll talk about it and... Um, I'll, I'll try to get I'm the looking BS. forward to it. I think it'll be very good. So, there you go. Yeah, me too. And I'll try to cap it if, uh, if I can. <laughs> oh, cool. Um, and uh, so, something that you might find interesting, for Monster Hunter Generations, um, there is a new video that was released recently that is a Strider uh, armor oh, and cool. a Strider weapon. That's all. I love Strider. I, yeah, I, I like how he looks more than I like his games. <laughs> and I like okay. him in Marvel vs. Capcom a lot. But... Um, yeah, I'm 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 already excited. Now I'm even more excited. Yeah, and there and and this comes along with uh, there is a, an Okami skin for the cat. Um, <laughs> awesome. And it, it's funny because it even has like the little butthole on <laughs> on, on the wolf, uh, which I thought was really funny that like that little detail they added. Oh, it's so um, good. There's, and there's like a Chun Li and Blanca costume for the cat, and also an Arthur from Ghosts and Goblins. Uh, costume. Callback. So there's a lot of cat costumes, um, and of course, I'm pretty sure it also has a lot of the like the Metroid armor 
for for Samus's suit kind of looking like in thing. the last one. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I think it has I think it has some of the same armor crossover stuff that uh that 4 had as well. Cool. And uh and then I can move on to releases here, which are kind of light for digital stuff. Um so we had uh for the Wii U, a Rubik's cube which whatever, okay. Mm-hmm. Um there is um a game called Star Sky 2, which is like one of those like silhouette games where there's like a black forefront and uh, different colored backgrounds. And this looks kind of like a uh, like a story-based one. I don't think it's like overly complicated puzzle platformer or anything like that. Yeah, I, look, look, I actually looked at that a little bit on the eShop the other day. It, actually, it caught my eye. It looked kind of interesting. So. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a game called Splashy Duck. From that Radiomax company that I don't really like all that much. <laughs> There's a Blackjack, Blackjack 21, which is just a Blackjack game. And a game called Educational Pack of Kids Games. Um, which is like got like coloring and numbers and, and stuff for younger kids um, to experience. And I think with the tablet controller, that could be kind of uh, an easy thing to do on that system. Um, for Virtual Console, um, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, Red Team, Red Rescue Team, Blue Rescue Team, and Explorers of Sky were all released this week for okay. Wii U. And I bought the um, the Red Rescue Team one when that came out, and that's my only experience with Pokemon Mystery Dungeon games. And I like Shiren the Wanderer, which is made by the same company yep. and is very similar. And I like that game. I did not really like the Pokemon game because I didn't think it was difficult enough. I mean, it's for younger kids, so that's kind of to be expected. But I just I, I, I didn't get into it. And I don't know if you played any of the Mystery Dungeon games. All I could say is I go back to our previous segment. I didn't mention any Pokemon spinoff games, and there was a reason for that because I've never really – there might be a few that I thought were okay, but nothing's the same to me as regular Pokemon. And I'm not – You've played multiple Dungeon Explorer games since we've been friends, and I've just never been able to get into that kind of game. It might be a little too slow for me. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I know you like your action, so that makes sense. <laughs> um, and then retail-wise on the Wii U this week, um, I believe all uh, Mighty Number no. 9 came out this week. Um, I also didn't mention it last episode, but I picked up the Minecraft retail version on Friday last week and played that a little bit. I, I could have mentioned that in the first segment, actually, but oh well. Um, <laughs> and uh, so um, also tomorrow on Friday, Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp FE comes out, which I'm very excited for. And also Mario and Sonic at the Rio Olympics is coming out tomorrow. Which also is kind of funny to me because the Mario 64 anniversary and Sonic's birthday. Yeah, it's, were, it's all coming today. together, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, but I will be picking up Tokyo Mirage Sessions and hopefully I enjoyed as much as uh, a lot of the reviews are uh, making me think I will. And hopefully I have a lot to talk about with it next week. Good, yeah, because it's going to be a little while. I definitely want to play it. I might have to rent it before mm-hmm. I buy it. Uh I'd like to just, I want to put my money into it and support it, so I probably will try to scoop it up with you, but you'll probably be having to carry the load on uh, talking about that game for a while before I can, I still have to get uh, Kirby's latest game, so, and I gotta get money, man, I got so many games I gotta buy right now. Yeah, it's kind of starting to snowball right now. Yeah, seriously, I gotta, I gotta like, uh, I don't know, win the lottery or something so I can catch up. (laughs) Um, And then 3DS-wise... A game called Unholy Nights was released uh, on the eShop. This is a a resource management type of game where you run an apartment complex for cute monsters. Uh, Wow. (laughs) And, like, I guess, like, if tenants that are of the opposite gender um, that are of similar monster type, they can, like, meet each other and, uh, like, date and stuff Hmm. and, like, have kids or something. Uh, It seems... It seems like an interesting game. Um, you know, um, I watched a video on it um, for resource management games. There's clearly some that are very good and some that are very bad, and this seems to be leaning towards the good, the good aspect of that kind of genre. 
that's a genre I enjoy, so I might I might want to check this out. I'll definitely watch yeah, the, the videos on it. There's definitely I, I'm, there's definitely a video on YouTube that I watched uh, from a link from a website, and uh, the 3DS also got the cubic the Rubik's cube game, um, which I I literally think is just like a Rubik's cube as a game, Cross-play. which is. <laughs> I don't think it has crossplay. Rubik's Cube um, crossplay. The the company that makes it um, also released, uh, I think, a Minecraft clone for the Wii U. And I think if you own that game, you can get a discount on the Rubik's Cube game. So if you is that like don't... the Cube adventure, Cube World, or something? Yeah, I just saw that when I was on the eShop looking at that other game we were talking about. Okay. Um, and then for Virtual Console for the 3DS, Super Ghost and Ghouls was released this. Today, I swear I didn't. I didn't know that and didn't plan the show around that. But it's a it's a fun coincidence. Yeah, it's a, it is a fun coincidence. So, um, that covers it for the news. I did want to say I did want to ask you on on air here. Um, when are we gonna play Splatoon together? Because I'm excited about that. Uh, anytime you want. Okay, so hopefully we can make time this weekend, and then we can talk about that as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, because I have not played that with anybody that I know specifically. So to be, it'll be a fun experience. Yeah, I'm. We should try to. We can maybe try to play tomorrow night or sometime this weekend for sure. Okay. Cool. Cool. Let's go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot it's me now. Let's go ahead and uh, close it out. So, where can people find you at, Adam? Um, you can find me pretty much anywhere on the internet. Um, my name is I Draw Robots, or on Twitter, uh, where I hang out way too much as uh, at I Draw Robots, and. Um, yeah, if you want to find us and uh, play some Splatoon with us, feel free to find me on there, and uh, we can maybe set up something like that. Um, and, uh, of course, my Nintendo ID is uh, Hydro Robots as well, so we can <laughs> friend each other and be able to play that way. Cool, and uh, hit me up on uh, Twitter, at BradleyGuys, also at BradleyGuys on YouTube, where... I will hopefully be putting up some more Kick and Fennec videos soon. I'm going to do another uh, I Play Adam's Levels video very soon since he just posted up a bunch more. And uh, it would be nice if you could throw us a sub on iTunes. That would be really, really cool. So I think we might have five subs right now. Maybe seven, Adam? I'm not sure. Ooh. (laughs) Cool. So anyway, thank you very much for watching, listening, however you're checking us out. And until next week, we will catch you later.